Well, good morning. This is Win202R. This is how to optimize your Microsoft workloads on AWS. My name is Patrick McFarland. I work with AWS, and I am in the Windows on AWS uh, team. And with me is Murtaza Chowdhury, and he is a program manager in the EC2 business. And he'll be coming up in a little while to talk about a lot of new and exciting things that he and his team has, have been working on that we announced this week. So initially, I'm going to talk to you about cost optimization, because that's really the title of what our session is, of Microsoft Workloads. Then I'm going to get into a review, um, and hopefully you've seen on how you would bring your licensing from Microsoft to AWS and give you some tips and tricks around that. Murtaza then is going to go into license management and optimization, and he has a demo of some of the new things that we have built for you at, at your request. And then he's gonna talk about some of the customer's um, experiences with using License Manager. So to start off on cost optimization, we really started this initially by saying that this was a linear journey, but what we far started finding as we were talking to customers is that they kind of enter and exit these different pillars at different parts of their data center exit, of their migration strategy, um, of the different business units that might be leveraging AWS. And so we kind of change this to be pillars, okay? And so the way that I'm gonna refer to these, you don't necessarily have to follow them directly, but these are all things that we see customers customers doing. So first and foremost, I'm going to get into migration planning. And we have something that we built for our customers called AWS Migration Assessments. And what we do in that is we go in and we help our customers identify the resources that you're using on-premise for your Microsoft workloads. And that consists of whether or not you have the right CPU, memory, storage sizing correct, whether or not you've over-provisioned for the peak times or the different times that you would have you know, high points in your retail or your healthcare or your manufacturing business, whether or not you have underutilized resources during lulls of that, because that's kind of the benefit that an Elastic Compute Cloud would provide you is to right-size those instances. Also, looking for outdated processors or hardware so that we can really help our customers with the right-sized instances. And we do this via our migration assessments and some of the tools that we have that are available to you. The second thing we do during that is we look at the Microsoft licensing. And when we look at the Microsoft licensing, we're looking for whether or not the right CPU combination is in place. And I'm gonna talk about some optimization we made in that, but as Windows Server and SQL Server are now per core, as well as other products and technologies from other vendors, we really focus on that to help our customers reduce their workload cost. Also looking at how you can leverage if you have an enterprise agreement, a bring your own license strategy for that so that you can make sure you get the most out of your licenses. And Murtaz is gonna show some really interesting enhancements and advancements and bring your own license strategy that takes a lot of the work off of you and off of your administrators. And then finally, we see a lot of customers right now who are looking as they go to later versions of SQL Server. In SQL 2016 SP2, Microsoft introduced a lot of the enterprise features for always on availability groups and other things into SQL Standard. And so a lot of customers now are taking a really strong look at whether or not they need SQL Enterprise. And then as they upgrade, they're down-leveling to those lower cost SKUs of SQL Standard, which really reduce cost. 
So as an example of this, we bought a company called TSO Logic. I would encourage you to talk to your account managers. We provide this to our customers and we work with you to use this, but it goes in and it puts a agent on a hypervisor, Hyper-V or VMware, looks at a physical host, and it will pull the performance data off of the box, the type of CPUs, the software that's on it, as well as the storage. And then what we do is we do an initial what-if analysis or a modeling of what you have on premise to what it would be in AWS. So for this customer, they had a lot of SQL workloads, about 70,000 users. And in this case, when we modeled it, their on-premise cost was about $800,000 for those SQL servers. If we did a like for like in AWS, because we have faster processors, better storage, things like that, than what a lot of customers may have in their data center for some of these legacy workloads, it actually initially looked more expensive. But the difference is with the faster processors and with the optimization we can do for the CPUs, we were right-sizing then with the customer to the right instances, which in some cases may be smaller than what you had on-premises. And the customer ends up saving money as a result. So I encourage you to take a look at some of these migration assessments because we do this all the time and we find a lot of cost savings for our customers, not only the licensing savings, but also the instance savings. As you continue into the cost optimization, when we look at operating systems and running it, I'm going to build this out here, we look at making sure, like I just showed, is that we right-size the instances. Um, we have a lot of new instance families. We released a lot of new instance families this week, and what you'll find is some of the reasons why SQL Server runs the fastest on AWS is because we have released instances that have local storage with high-speed disks where people put their log files. So we've done a lot of things with our newer instance families that make SQL Server run the best on AWS. The other thing is, is that we also encourage you to try to create standard configurations for your developers, because what that does is that gives them the tools that they need in something like AWS Service Catalog without having to have them pick the different instance sizes and potentially have runaway cost as a result. Taking advantage of elasticity is also something very important, because what you can do then is potentially, if you have your web applications, build smaller instances that will scale out per demand. And that's something that you, know, you can do with your uh, Windows environments. And then what you do then is you relate the cost of that for license included so that you burst into license included, run Windows Server or SQL Server as it's bursting up in demand. And then when it shuts down, you're no longer paying for those licenses. And so that becomes a cost savings as well. And then we have scripts that we put on GitHub that you can take advantage of to where you can turn off non-production instances for your developers or things that you may not need on the nights and weekends. And we have a lot of customers that leverage those scripts to shut those down. And then on Monday morning at maybe 4 or 5 a.m., they start spinning up all those instances so when the developers in whatever time zone that they're in come into work, they have the, the tools that they need ready to go and they don't have to wait for things to spin up. Now, I talked a little bit about bursting out. One of the things that's really important is to start looking at other ways to run your workloads. So today you might have workloads that you stand up and you put in your data center, but when you come into uh, Elastic Compute Cloud for AWS, you may look at turning them into more steady state for maybe databases that need to be up seven by 24, but then use um, the ability to scale out for some of the more spiky workloads that only are on at different times. And then the last thing is taking advantage of all of the different ways that we help our customers save money through something that we now call savings plans. So what we had previously is we used to have reserved instances to where you would 
reserve a specific instance that would be in a specific instance family like an R or an M or something like that. But if you wanted to switch between, then a lot of customers said, you know, that's a little bit cumbersome for us to work with. So what could you help us with AWS? So we came out with savings plans. The commitment is per hour, it's committed based off of what you think you're gonna use. It can be leveraged across that within an account. So it gives you a lot of benefit. There's been sessions at this conference you should definitely take a look at, but we see it providing you up to about a 72% discount on the two different types that we provide between EC2 and Fargate. Now, modernization is something that, like I said, it could come in at the beginning, it could come in at the end, but modernization is something that everyone really wants to take a look at when you have older technologies in your environment. And a lot of customers now are starting the move towards .NET Core. Um, are, has everyone heard of .NET Core, first off? Are you using .NET Core? Okay, so a lot of people are, you know, have been working with Microsoft.NET Framework for years. Microsoft is deprecating and moving a lot of those features into .NET Core. .NET Core runs actually the fastest in our serverless environment called Lambda. And so a lot of people get a lot of benefit by breaking apart the business logic and leveraging .NET Core. But you may not be ready to start breaking apart a lot of those applications or you may have dev test environments where you just need kind of a first step of modernization. And what um, people are really looking at now is can I run my Windows environments and containers on AWS? Well, it's fully supported in our Docker environment and in our Kubernetes environment for our uh, two different environments that we have. And you, know, you can do that today, and we've got examples of how to do that on our website. But the other thing too is if you're not even ready for that, a lot of times the first step is just to reduce cost. And what a lot of customers are starting with, Microsoft came out in 2017 for SQL Server and they provided SQL Server on Linux. And then again in 2019, just recently last month, they launched SQL Server 2019 that is supposed to be feature parity with just a very minor change. So SQL Server 2017, they said was about 90% parity with SQL Server on Windows. SQL Server 2019, they believe, or what they seem to say at the conference last month, was about 95%. So we're seeing a huge uptake where customers are leveraging our AMIs or bringing their own licensing and putting it on the Linux AMIs we provide for SQL Server 2017. But the big difference here is you're not paying for the Windows Server. So from a cost optimization, it's kind of a step forward into modernization where you can reduce the Windows Server cost, which is about 20% of the cost of the instance that we provide when we have to um, spin those up for a Windows environment. We support Ubuntu, we support Red Hat, we also support Amazon Linux for that. But even so, it tends to be the first step to taking a look at your applications, getting a little bit deeper on that, and then potentially even taking a look at using something like our schema conversion tool or database migration service to move those applications into Aurora for Postgres or MySQL. And so that's kind of as you go into that modernization journey, that's kind of four different ways that you can start looking at cost optimization. So the final thing I'll talk about in optimization and cost is really getting into looking at how you do cost allocation. And this is kind of in the measuring and monitoring section where you may take a look at how I, could you tag your environment and identify your applications and then cost allocate it to each one of the business units or to the different businesses that may use it. Now, sometimes customers tell me it's a little bit difficult to do tagging because some of the applications may have already been deployed in AWS or you may not have all the details. 
Um, Murtaza is going to talk about license manager, but one of the features of license manager is it'll help you with some of the tagging. So you can do some automation when it comes to identifying what's on the systems and then how to tag it. You're still responsible for doing the cost allocation out to the business units because we don't know that, but at least it'll give you the detail that then you can mine and identify for your tagging. You also can leverage the different reporting tools that we have, such as AWS Cost Explorer or Trusted Advisor, that'll help you identify whether or not some of the instances you may already have in AWS for Windows workloads are over-provisioned or under-provisioned and how much money you can save on each. And so those are fully supported on the Windows environment as well. So the last thing is really taking a look at everything I've talked to up to this point and looking at having a great licensing strategy. And I'm gonna kind of go into that next on what's available on AWS. So from a licensing perspective, I believe that we have the most flexible licensing when it comes to all the clouds and how we're able to help our customers take advantage of the Microsoft workloads on AWS. We have the ability to do pay-as-you-go licensing where we provide the AMIs that would have Windows Server or SQL Server included. You can bring your own licenses that have software assurance for SQL Server or any of the other products that qualify, and I'll talk about those in just a moment. Or you can even bring server licenses that don't have software assurance to AWS, and I'll kind of explain how you can do that in just a second. So first and foremost, our license-included instances, we build those AMIs for you. We make sure they're up to date, they're patched when you get them, so you always have the latest when you get them and have them available to your developers or your administration or administrators or your users. It's a pay per use, so the license is included with it. And what's really great about it is for things like Windows Server, you don't have to worry about the upgrades. So you don't have to say, am I buying a 2012 server? Do I have the ability to go to 2019? It's included in the cost. So whatever is a supported instance, you can go to for Windows Server. The other thing is the client access licenses for Windows Server because of our agreement with Microsoft are included with all of those AMIs. So you could see a potential in the future that if you used Amazon's images and Amazon's uh, license included images where potentially client access licenses may not be needed for your application. The other thing is, is we have all the different versions that you would need for SQL Server. So for enterprise, for standard, for web edition, as well as the Windows and Linux versions, we have AMIs already built for each one of those. So what the benefit of the license included is you don't have to worry about true ups, you don't have to worry about compliance because we're all reporting that back to Microsoft in the back end because you're just paying for the instance as you run it. Now, when you get into how to bring your licenses to AWS, there's really two different areas that you can look at. The first is the shared tenancy with license mobility. And the second is if you were going to bring your dedicated instances, I'm sorry, your uh, licenses that may or may not be eligible for license mobility into our dedicated environment. So let me just kind of explain what those environments are first. So we have really a couple of different environments. Our shared environment is exactly what it sounds like. It is shared, meaning there's other customers on the same server. We do the instance placement. When you spin the server up, it's a pay-as-you-go model. Um, so you have the ability to spin that up and we'll identify what host that it's put on. But then we also have two different areas where you can put instances. And this is dedicated instances and dedicated host. And the reason why we have this is to follow the Microsoft volume licensing rules. So the Microsoft volume licensing rules for some of the technologies indicate that they have to be on a named server. So if we're looking at dedicated instances, you're the only customer on that instance. You just have an instance that you may want on that server or a set of instances. We put it on the server for you. 
and then you pay for the instance and a small hourly charge for that instance because you're not consuming the whole server at that point. But you also could go to a dedicated host where you have the entire host and then you basically can provision all the capacity of that host and get the benefits like most people do if they have VMware where they license the host of the server and then all of the guests are free with things like Windows Server Data Center or SQL Enterprise. And Murtaza is going to talk about some really great enhancements where we take a lot of the management of that out of the way for you as we get into the second half of the presentation and it's kind of neat to kind of see some of the enhancements that they've done. So license mobility, I mentioned. License mobility, and, and these are the products on the, on the right-hand side here for you sorry, left-hand side here for you, that have license mobility with Microsoft. If you're paying for software assurance, the products on the left-hand side have license mobility. That includes, for example, SQL Server or SharePoint or Dynamics or any of the others. They can be brought to the shared environment. So you can spin up a Windows EC2 instance and install those products, and you're not required to pay in Amazon for those products per se. You're bringing that license to AWS. Now we do have, like I said, some restrictions with Windows Server and some of the other products at the bottom, but that's the reason why we created dedicated uh, environments so that you could still have options to bring those to AWS. And so we provide uh, both the Windows AMIs as well as SQL, but you could also bring your SQL to our Linux AMIs or to our Windows AMIs and install those. Now I mentioned earlier, one of the things that we do during the assessment is to try to help you save money when it comes to running your SQL servers, or really any server that would require core-based licensing on AWS. And in this case, what I'm talking about is we have the ability to say, when you launch an instance and you're bringing your own license, what you may not need is all the cores in that box. So for example, if we have an instance size like an R52XL that has eight cores and 64 gigs of RAM, your SQL server may address all the memory in that server, but it may not need all, this, all the processing power. And so that's why these assessments look at a time series to say what were the peaks and valleys. So a lot of times what customers do then is they turn down on start the number of vCPUs provided to the instance, which essentially reduces the cost of the software that you have to actually provide to it. So you can literally save money by saying instead of licensing this server for eight SQL Enterprise cores, I'm only gonna license it for four Enterprise cores, but I still get the right size. So virtually any one of our instances, you could turn it on from one, two, four, six cores, depending on your need for what you're running and reduce the overall cost of the software that you have to apply to it. So the last thing I want to talk about is just generally how Windows Server is licensed on dedicated host. We have the ability to bring Windows Server to dedicated host. No software assurance is required. We would recommend you put software assurance on a lot of these because it will give you the upgrade rights if you have older versions. But the key here is, is that a lot of customers when they have SQL farms to where they're licensing the host for SQL Server Enterprise so that they can get all the guests for free, they want to have that same ability in AWS, so a lot of customers use dedicated environments for that so they can keep their costs from moving from their on-premise environment to AWS neutral when it comes to software. Because if you're licensed uh, compliantly on-premises, you can get to the same place of running in AWS. So I'm gonna, at this point, I'm going to have uh, Murtaza come up and talk to you about the new enhancements, and he's going to show you a demo of uh, some of the things that he and his team have been working on. Thank you, Patrick. Good morning, everybody. 
I'm super excited to be here to share some uh, exciting new things we worked on, uh, several new things, so please pay attention. I'm going to uh, talk about many new things that we have to help you leverage your existing licensing investments. So one of the important elements of cost optimization for Microsoft workloads is being able to easily leverage your existing licensing investments. So Patrick talked about the licensing strategies that you could adopt. There, there is license included which are fully compliant. You do, not worry, uh, you do not have to worry about managing them. But when you bring your own licenses, you have to manage them. You have to stay compliant per the terms. You have to control the overages and report out usage. So we have a service for you that does all of that. It's all automated for you. And there are many new things that we have across the tenancy types that helps you easily bring your Windows and SQL Server licenses. So the service is AWS License Manager. We launched this service at reInvent last year. And over the course of this one year after the launch, we have added several more cap capabilities. So, so to start with, what AWS License Manager is, it's a one-stop solution for managing licenses across a variety of software vendors. We are talking about Windows and SQL Server workloads today, but it's not restricted to those only. You can manage any other licenses. It supports several vendors such as Microsoft, Oracle, IBM, SAP, and many others. While working on the license management uh, service, uh, we, we spoke to several customers to understand how they, uh, how they leverage their existing investments and what do they do. We figured that there are two roles that are generally involved. So there is, there is the user who do not want to be bothered about license management. They simply want to spin up instances, spin down instances, and then there is the asset management team or the license administration team who is responsible for managing licenses, uh, uh, reporting out the usage at the time of true-ups and audits, and ensuring that uh, the licenses are used in a compliant manner. So this service, AWS License Manager, is for the license administrator, who can easily configure rules on how the licenses should be used. So the license administrator can look at the enterprise agreement uh, that's there with either Microsoft or any other vendor, and create something called a license configuration inside License Manager, and then enforce the rules. So as users spin up instances, users do not have to worry about which licenses are being used. Users simply spin up instances, and it's business as usual for them. And while it happens, the service takes care of accounting for how many licenses are used, uh, if there are limits enforced to making sure that uh, the licenses stay within the limits allocated by the administrator, uh, and there are several uh, things that the administrator can configure, like configure the limits, uh, configure the different tenancy types where it can be used, uh, the license mobility options that uh, Patrick talked about. All those things can be brought in easily to License Manager. And once those things are there, it's a one-time setup, and users keep on using the licenses as they spin up instances, and there is a built-in dashboard. So at the time of true-ups and audits, administrator can simply go to the dashboard and report out usage. To back up a little bit, make sure we understand uh, what it solves. The, we have heard from customers that license management has been a traditional problem, but as customers move to the cloud, uh, the, ch the challenges increase because it's very easy to spin up and spin down instances. 
And the challenges uh, involve staying compliant, controlling overages, and reporting out usage at the time of true-ups and audits. So this graphic represents uh, some, of the, some, uh, some of the things we heard during customer discussions. That, hey, there is a true-up coming up in a few days, and we are scrambling together to find out how many licenses are there, how much we are using, and we have heard uh, uh, tooling, we have heard di uh, different uh, levels of sophistication in terms of toolings that were there, from spreadsheet to, to some tools that do a very narrow, a specific thing. So we we looked at the, that problem space and said, hey, we can help with a service that can uh, help across software vendors, across products, where you do not have to manage anything. Let the service do it. You configure it and let the service do it for you. And users can spin up instances as much as they want, and license compliance is taken care based on the defined rules there. So to talk a little bit about how to use License Manager, and I have a demo at the end, I'll, I'll go through it, uh, some of the existing capabilities as well as the new stuff. So you can emulate your licensing terms as rules inside License Manager, and then you can enforce them at the time of launch. You can also discover existing usage. If you have a lot of instances already, by the way, it supports your hybrid environments. If you have usage on-premises as well as cloud, you can track both of them together centrally in AWS License Manager. And uh, in AWS, if you're using multiple accounts, this integrates seamlessly with AWS organization. So all the accounts, all the usage, you can see at one place. And there is central report. The dashboard gives you a view of all the products across on-premises and cloud and across all your accounts together. Here is a... Here's a view of how the dashboard looks like. After the configuration is done, as users spin up instances, and imagine the situation again, the true up is coming up. All you need to do is come to the dashboard and report out usage. It tells you clearly what products you have, how many licenses uh, had been allocated, how many are used, and if there are any notifications, like whenever there is a violation, it integrates with our notification service called Simple Notification Service. So you can configure as an administrator who should receive that notification. And if you, if you have actions such as, hey, uh, I've exhausted all my licenses and I, I want to buy more licenses or onboard more licenses here, you, you get those limit alerts uh, as shown in the dashboard here. And you can take action based on that. So customers have been leveraging License Manager to simplify their licensing true-ups and audits. Uh, here are two testimonials from, uh, from our existing custom, uh, customers. Zero um, is one of the leaders in the, in the business software space. They have uh, simplified their SQL Server licensing true-ups and audits by using License Manager. And Pearson who is a leader in the education space, they have significantly reduced the time and effort they used to earlier spend in managing licenses. So we talked about using spreadsheets and different tools, uh, and there was time and effort required earlier to manage those licenses. It's not, it's not needed anymore. You simply configure it in License Manager, and at the time of true-ups, you simply report out usage from there. Please pay attention to this one. There are more capabilities in License Manager. Well, so what we had up till, uh, up, up till a few weeks back was you could uh, bring in the rules, like I said earlier, you could enforce launches, you could also discover. Now we have more automation there. You can now automate the discovery process. 
So if you have a Windows or SQL license, you can tell license manager, hey, I'm interested in knowing how many instances are there of Windows. And you just leave a rule there. So anytime a new instance of Windows or SQL comes up, or any other product for that matter, uh, or let's say there is a launched instance and somebody goes and installs SQL on it, you will know, you will know about it. License manager will automatically ta uh, tag that instance and attach it to the, to the dashboard reporting. And, uh, and it's tracked through the lifetime of the instance. So when the instance is terminated, you get back your licenses. And if there is any licensing violation, you will get notified and you can take action based on that. So the other thing that we did was provide, to provide you more visibility into how your licenses are used, we, we now have an experience in License Manager where you can easily differentiate between the licenses that are Amazon provided versus your own. We heard this need from customers uh, that at the time of true ups and audits, they are asked uh, to show evidence of the licenses that they are, that, uh, they are own. Um, earlier we heard that when customers were not able to provide that evidence, they used to over-report. They used to say, hey, everything is BYOL because that's a safer thing to do, uh, to not get any penalties. But now you can easily differentiate between. You can point out which instances are using Amazon-provided licenses versus which instances are using your own licenses. And the dashboards, you can configure the dashboards to only report out accurately the BYOL, or bring your own license usage. So this will provide you better visibility into your environment, and you can accurately report out how many licenses you're using. So you only pay for the licenses that are being used. And you can also, based on this, you can also forecast at the time of the uh, for next true up how many licenses you actually need. If you over allocated, you can, you can figure out, okay, I, I probably need less than that, or if you need more, you can pre-plan for that. So that's how it helps you reduce your cost and leverage your existing investment and get the right number of licenses that you need. Here's a peek at how this looks like. So if you see the screen here, this is how you bring your license terms. Uh, it's called a license configuration. So all the things on the top that you see, like the name, the description, the license type, uh, those have been there. Those have been there since the launch of this product last year. What we have added now is that product information section that you see there. You can define the product information, and that's what automates, uh, that's what automates the discovery. It, it will look across your environment, across on-premises, across cloud, across your various accounts, and attach all the instances that have those products installed. And you can say, uh, please pay attention to that checkbox below. Do not track license included. It will filter out any instance that has Amazon-provided licenses. Here is... Uh, here is how, you, if you need to provide deeper data at the time of true ups and audits, uh, we have a manual experience, manual discovery experience, because uh, we, uh, we heard from customers that at any point, even though the automation is there, at some, uh, sometimes we may need to provide additional data, like which instances are running what. So you get this seamless experience. This is a central search experience where you can search through products, and you can simply say, hey, show me all the instances that are running SQL. Show me all the instances that are running Windows. And in this, additionally, you can specify whether it is license included or not. You can say, show me all the instances that are 
that are license included windows or not equal. So you, have, you get several operators there, very easy to use. You can say license included. The example shows equals. You can also use not equals. And you can say which product you are interested in. And it lists down the instances across your environments, across all your accounts. So as I said earlier, license manager helps you manage a variety of software licenses. Customers are bringing various operating system licenses, such as Windows Server, Red Hat, SUSE, different database licenses, different application licenses. Uh, license Manager also supports BYOL with AWS Marketplace. So the way it works is any license that is based on license type of virtual cores, physical cores, physical sockets, or number of instances can be tracked using License Manager. Even uh, applications such as uh, firewalls and load balancers, which are not really dependent on the course, but uh, needs to count a number of instances, you can count those using, using License Manager easily. So to, uh, to focus this discussion on Windows and SQL, from now on, uh, I'll only be talking about Windows and SQL. But please, uh, uh, please remember that if you have any other product other than Windows and SQL, you can manage them as well using License Manager. So let's look at the Windows and SQL bring your own license customer journey uh, till, say, last week. We launched, we launched a huge enhancements uh, this Monday, which automates your bring your own license journey for Windows and SQL Server. Earlier, uh, uh, Patrick talked about the different tenancy types. If you are bringing core-based licenses, you would bring, in, bring them to dedicated tenancy, dedicated host to be more specific, so you could migrate your environments on-premises to dedicated host, and you could report out usage using License Manager. But while you were using dedicated host, you had to write additional automation. Uh, and you had to figure out when to allocate a host, which uh, host to place your instances on, so that you could maximize the utilization of your host and licenses. And you had to do some planning on capacity as well. Um, most customers told us that they had to upfront uh, allocate the host so that users can um, bring up instances. And even the users, they had to specify at the time of launch the host ID to which host an instance is going to. So we, we have looked at that, and we, we have reduced the automation. In fact, we have minimized the automation that is required now. We heard from customers that while you bring your Microsoft licenses, Windows and SQL Server, to dedicated hosts. You had to manage your host uh, with the things I just talked about, host allocation, capacity utilization, instance placement. You had to also manage your media. You had to make sure the media is patched, it's, it's updated, and you had to track licenses. So customers who were using License Manager, uh, they, they were fine with the first one, but they still had to automate media, media management, and host management. So we, uh, I'm going to dive deep into host management, uh, but there, uh, there, are, there are the specific sessions that are happening for media patching. But let me give you a quick overview on that. So for media management, License Manager integrates with a new product, which also we announced on Monday morning. It's called EC2 Image Builder. What that product does is it automates the creation of golden AMIs or AMI, and you could specify the cadence in which the army should get updated, uh, when new army should be created. So you don't have to worry about that. You set it up once, and Image Builder takes care of that for you. 
and it's integrated with License Manager. So anytime a new image is created, it would have the li right licensing rules attached to it. So you don't have to do it again. Coming to host management now. You can bring your eligible SQL and Windows Server uh, BUI licenses to AWS using dedicated hosts. All the operations that we talked about, all the management uh, tasks that we talked about, it's all automated for you. Even on the user side, user earlier had to specify a host ID at the time of launching. Now, user can simply launch instance by just specifying the army and the instance type. It's similar to the default EC2 experience. So for the user, the experience is as, as similar as using licenses from Amazon. So there is no additional management. All the management tasks are taken care by AWS License Manager. So you, when a user is launching instances, user can simply specify the army and the instance type, and License Manager and AWS will determine which host it needs to go to. It will use your uh, management preferences, when to allocate a host, how to use the capacity effectively, and that's how it helps you reduce cost. Getting deeper into that, how you specify the host management preferences is using a new construct that we have introduced in License Manager. It's called Host Resource Group. So the group is an entity. Think of it as a collection of dedicated hosts that's managed by AWS. And you can configure settings at a group level. No longer you have to manage things host by host. We launched a capability to improve resiliency of BYOL with a capability called host recovery. We launched that uh, in the middle of this year. Now you can centrally configure that on a group. You don't have to go to each host. You simply create a host resource group and say that you need host recovery. Additionally, to help you gain elasticity while running your BYOL, you can configure host allocation. You can configure host release. And all of this is automatic. And instance placement is also taken care by AWS. So as you saw earlier, users are simply now providing the army and the instance type and launching instances. And AWS takes care of all of, all of these management tasks for you. And users can use their preferred mechanism of launching instances. Please pay attention to this. This is brand new. Auto-scaling groups. You can now use auto-scaling groups with your Windows and SQL BYOL on dedicated host. And the auto-scaling group experience is similar to default EC2. Once you have configured that group, simply go to auto-scaling group and define your scaling policies, and you're all set. It's fully elastic. It knows how to scale out, how to scale down based on your policies. And the dedicated host allocation and release is all taken care of now by AWS. The other mechanisms are run instance, that's the default launch experience, and EC2 launch templates, where you can automate all the parameters that a user can pass at the time of launch. So I have a demo. Uh, I'll show you a demo, but before we get to that, I want to show you how the, how the magic works, how, to, uh, how we do things under the covers as users are launching instances. So as an administrator, you have created the host resource group. You have asked host resource group to automatically allocate host, automatically release host, take care of automatic recovery, 
manage instance placement. And now user is launching a C5 large. So you do not have any host. Look at this. You do not have to do any upfront allocation. There is no capacity planning. As user launches this instance, AWS sees that there is no host. So it allocates a host, attaches the licenses there, and places the instance. Next, a C5 two extra large comes in. Pay attention to this. Earlier, if your instance size had changed, you had to allocate a different host. Not anymore. It would now go to the same host. Now we support multiple instance sizes on dedicated hosts. So at steady state, let's say you launch several instances of C, M, and R, and it, you got to this state. Now you are terminating an instance. It, it goes away. Next, you terminate another one. See, the host got empty. Now you have configured automatic release. The host is automatically released when there are no more instances there. Patrick talked about savings plans earlier, which seamlessly works with this. Earlier, the reservation model that we have uh, in host is a reservation is applied on a host, and you cannot move them. Now with savings plan, you get additional flexibility. Host can come in and go. It'll auto-allocate it, it'll get auto-release, but you still get your discounts. All of this results in additional savings. Please pay attention to this. These are all new. Dedicated host now supports multiple instance sizes. You saw mixing of instance sizes there, the C5s there. Different sizes within the same family can be put on a host now. Next one, you do not have to do upfront allocation. You do not have to keep your host on standby when there are no instances. AWS takes care of automatic allocation, automatic release, and hosts come in only when you need them, only when an instance needs them. And you leverage savings plan along with it to get your discounts as well. Third is cross-account sharing. So the, the whole experience is integrated with AWS organizations. You can share your host capacity, all your dedicated hosts, across all your AWS accounts. And any account, a user from any account can launch instance and leverage the same capacity so that you leverage the same capacity, you increase utilization of the host as well as your licenses. So all of this results in additional savings. Depending on the workloads, the savings may vary. Um, we, uh, we worked with few customers, and we saw that savings can be around 30%, but it can be more or less depending on what kind of instance mix you have and how you have, uh, uh, how you have chosen to place your licenses together or not. So you get a lot of additional flexibility as well. Like on a group, you could say that, Make sure all my Windows and SQL licenses stay together, and on a host, do not put other licenses there, so that if you want to maximize your license utilization. But let's say you have uh, unlimited number of licenses, and your, uh, 
and you uh, care more about cost on AWS, then you can say that, hey, I don't care about which license is running where, just as long as you make sure uh, you take care of compliance based on my definition of rules, I'm fine, but mix things so that the host costs come down. You can do that as well in License Manager. So I'm going to uh, show you a demo how all of this comes together. I'm going to walk you through a use case before uh, I switch to my demo environment. Let's say you have a two-tier application. There is a database tier, and then there is a front-end tier. The database tier, and this is all bring your own license, you're leveraging your existing licenses, in your database tier, let's say you are using Windows and SQL Server licenses, and on the front end, you are using Windows licenses only. And you could use auto-scaling group uh, for both of them uh, to take care of peak load uh, and scale out and scale down as you see fit. Earlier, you had to do capacity planning. You had to figure out how many hosts you would need at peak capacity, allocate hosts, uh, purchase reservations, keep the hosts on standby. Now, you simply create a host resource group in License Manager, and you can define maximum limits based on the number of cores of license you have, and AWS takes care of the scale-out and scale-in policies. I'm going to switch to the demo environment now. All right, I'm in the AWS Management Console. For folks who are new to License Manager, let me give you a very quick tour of what it looks like before I get into the host management and all of this automation that we discussed. So this is the License Manager console. The capabilities that I talked about, license tracking, staying compliant, bringing your rules in, all of that is available via the management console, API, as well as CLI commands. When you get started, you can do some initial settings, like if you have multiple accounts, multiple AWS accounts. It's seamlessly integrated with your organization, AWS organizations. So you see the checkbox on top. It's as simple as clicking that checkbox. All your organizational accounts would get synced with License Manager, and you can centrally manage licenses across all your accounts. We also talked about discovery. If you have existing usage, you can discover usage. How many, what instances are running what. And License Manager integrates with AWS Systems Manager, and turning that on is the second checkbox. You simply turn that on, and discovery is set up. A cross-account discovery experience is set up for you. And look at the third one. It's Simple Notification Service. So you can create an SNS topic in Simple Notification Service. It's, it's very flexible. You can uh, define how you receive the notifications, who receives those notifications. You can uh, choose uh, SMS, text messages, emails, or whatever your mechanism of receiving notifications is. And you can bring the SNS topic there. Next, once you have set up, I, I start by creating a license configuration. So you can give it a name, a license configuration name. You, ca uh, you can choose any name uh, that's based on your organizational processes. You can give it an optional description. And here is the license type. You can choose between four license types, vCPUs, cores, sockets, and number of instances. 
And this is brand new, the product information section. It's optional. If you want that automated discovery to work for you, you can specify the product name and version here. So once you choose the product name, it enables you to pick a version as well. And you can say, do not track license included instances. So I have a license configuration created already for Windows Server and SQL Server. I'm going to leverage them. So let's see what I have here. I have a Windows Server data center license. I have said the license type is core, which means physical cores. And when I say physical cores, it means that it can be only used on dedicated hosts. And then I, I have given the usage limit. I can define that as a hard or soft limit. And if you define it as a hard limit, it would prevent going over the allocated number. You can also define it as a soft limit, which lets you go over, but you get notified. Um, so for Microsoft true-ups, you can define it as a soft limit and take care of it during the true-up. But if you're working with other vendors who do not have a true-up process or do not allow you to go over, if there are penalties with that, you can define it as a hard limit. You can then attach it to your media. You would use Im Image Builder. You would create your golden army. You would attach it to your army, and the users are all set. Once this is set up, users simply launch instances with the army, and the tracking of licenses happen automatically. Now let's look at the dedicated host management section. For dedicated host management, we have introduced this new construct called host resource groups. If you were using license manager uh, a week back, you wouldn't have seen this new section, host resource group. It's very simple, three steps. Create a license configuration attached to the army, which we have already done, and then create a host resource group. So let's see what we can do in host resource group. It's few simple settings, few simple clicks that you do, and your host management is set up. Again, you can give it a name. You can give it a description. Please pay attention to the settings here. It's very simple. Three checkboxes. Allocate host automatically. Release host automatically. And recover host automatically. By default, they are selected. And once you create this, all of that management tasks that we talked about earlier, like capacity, uh, utilization, instance placement, uh, recovery, all of that is taken care of for you. And additionally, if you want more flexibility, if you want to take more control of uh, saying which licenses can go to which host so that you can, um, you can tell AWS that, hey, only put these licenses on this group, you can choose the license configurations here. And you might have many licenses. This only shows the relevant core-based licenses, because we are talking about dedicated host management here. Any more, like vCPU licenses can come on top of that, but the placement decisions are based on core-based licenses. So I'm going to use a host group that I have already created. Here it is for Windows and SQL. I have uh, I've used all the three settings allocation of host automatically, release of host automatically, and recovery. And I have also said that this group is for Windows and SQL Server licenses. Now, as an administrator, you have done all of this. Now, a user who is using, user can simply launch instances. Let's look at that experience. I'm going to switch to EC2 console now. 
So user, we said earlier, it's business as usual. User doesn't want to be worried about license management, about host management. User simply wants to launch instances. So I'm, I'm going to launch an instance. I come to the launch experience. And uh, I know which army to use, so I already have a Windows and SQL Server army. I select that. Then we said, uh, we looked at the topology earlier. We said we will use M5, so let me select that. Let me pick an extra large. I can skip this step, but I want to uh, show you something. Please pay attention to this one. Earlier, user had to specify tenancy, specify a host ID. Now all of that is, that is automated. Look at the tenancy field there. It's dedicated host. It's pre-selected. How that happened is, as an administrator, you had created license configuration, created a group, attached it to the army. So now when the instance launch is happening, AWS already knows that need, this needs to go to a dedicated host. It's pre-selected here. And if, if there's an advanced user who want to specify if they have multiple groups, like dev test environment, production environment, they can do that as well. They can specify the group as well. So this is pre-selected. I just have one group. This is an optional setting. I don't even have to come to this screen. I could have skipped to review, and I could have just launched. So that's what I'm going to do now. Review and launch. Go ahead and launch this instance. So as the instance is launching, the service does two important things. First is it checks the licensing rules to make sure that this launch is permitted or not based on your license terms. Once that check happens, it's all good. Next is takes care, takes care of dedicated host automation. If there are no hosts, it allocates a host applies the licenses there, and then puts the instance on it. If there is an existing host, there is capacity. Even, even if it is multiple sizes, it would carve out capacity there if it's a different size and put the instance there. So all of this magic ha happens under the covers for you. License, uh, license compliance based on your defined terms and dedicated host automation based on your management preferences. Let me now show you how auto-scaling works. I'm going to go back to EC2 console. So for auto-scaling groups, the way you do it is you use EC2 launch templates. You use launch template to say, this is the army I want to use, this is the instance type, and then you simply proceed to creating an auto-scaling group. It's the same experience as default EC2. So I have a launch template here. I'm going to. I'm going to select it, and I'm going to create an auto-scaling group. The auto-scaling group experience, there is no mention of dedicated host, because it's the default auto-scaling experience. I'm going to give it a group name. All right. All uh, usual settings, like subnet, other things. You can define your scaling policies. 
you can keep it a, keep it at initial size or you can uh, you can have it as a fixed size or you can define your scale, scaling policies you can say whenever average cpu uh, is 60 scale out these are default settings here you can also define scaling which i won't do now so you create an auto scaling group it's as simple as that you create an auto scaling group it got created for you it takes care of peak load it's elastic this is all new it's elastic you do not have to worry about capacity utilization as users launch instances it scales out it scales in allocates host automatically releases host automatically and in the unexpected case of any failure it also recovers automatically let me now switch back to the slides i have few more all right so all these capabilities there are no additional charges for license manager you only pay for the resources you use there is no change in pricing for dedicated hosts the dedicated hosts are still allocated in your account there is no change and it's allocated in your account so that you stay compliant based on your licensing obligation you license by course but the allocation release instance placement capacity utilization license tracking media management all of that is taken care for you aws does all the automation and you simply launch instances and at the time of true ups and audits you go to the dashboard and report out usage it's as simple as that So please start using License Manager and take advantage of all these capabilities, all these new capabilities, all this automation, and let AWS take care of manageability on your behalf. And all the things, they, they make it more cost effective. Leverage the multiple instance size support, leverage cross account, leverage automatic allocation, automatic release, savings plan, leverage all of this. So these breakouts have already happened, but I want to make sure uh, that if they'll be all available on YouTube, so you can go back and look at them. So the, some of them are relevant to this. If you want to understand more on licensing, uh, there, there is a separate licensing session. There's also basics of license manager session that has happened. Uh, there's a chalk talk on all, all of this that we just uh, spoke about. And if you want to learn more about image builder, savings plan, all of that is also available on YouTube. So thank you very much for attending, and we'll hang out here for any questions you might have. And uh, to encourage us to deliver uh, better sessions, please, please provide your evals as well. Thank you very much.